All right, this is gonna be either a shock or a no-brainer, but vinyl records are popular. Sean, shocker, no-brainer. I think that's a no-brainer when you consider that Urban Outfitters, the clothing brand, is the biggest distributor of records in the United States. But so many people, when I talk about this with them, are like, really? They still make records? You know, don't you hear that cycling every five years? Like, records are the new thing. The thing you have to ask yourself is, did they ever go away? I think they kind of did. I think they went away for a few years completely in the late 90s. But for whatever reason, they came back. And now they're back. You could buy a Taylor Swift record on LP now. So it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's top to bottom. This week on Pop Columbus, we're going to keep talking subculture to pop culture. We're going to talk about vinyl records. And who knows better than a record store owner? Sean and I took a field trip downtown and talked to Spoonful Records owner Brett Ruland. How sick are you of being asked about the return of vinyl? Well, I think the first year we opened it seemed exciting. All the articles and whatnot, and you know, the vinyl's coming back, and you know, people would post them on my page, and... But I think lately it's just like, whoa, another, you know, vinyl revival or somebody comes in and they'll go, they still make these things? You know, we answer a lot of the same questions. Like people are surprised that there's new records, you know, like, well, this just came out. I I can't believe that it's on vinyl. You know, it's just sort of a shock, I think, to a lot of people that come in the door. And Mm -hmm. but um, then they're also like, do you have CDs? You know, so it's sort of, you know. They're kind of they're hearing that vinyl is the thing, and they're trying to figure out why. We've had a few people that are just like, I mean, do people frame these up and put them on the wall? Like they're confused that why somebody would go back to records. So you still have a certain you know age group that's just shocked that younger kids want to get into vinyl. Yeah, and that must be the people that grew up with the records. Exactly. Well, the whole point of technological innovation is to make things easier. And vinyl is the most inconvenient way to listen to music. <laughs> I could see that. Just finding the time you know, to play them sometimes. I think people are, you know, they'll get a new record and I'm like, oh, what would you think? Oh, haven't had a chance to play it yet. You know, so if, I think people want to put the record on when they really have that time where they can listen. You know, it's not just like popping it in their car or they yeah. want to save it for that moment when there's maybe nobody around and they want to really you know, experience the record and... Well, I think it's basically, you know, the way we surf the internet and we click so constantly. We're at this point where we don't consume things wholesale. It's all in these blips. It's all bisected. Even, you know, watching a TV show. Think of watching something on Hulu and how you flip around or multitasking compared to sitting down and really digesting something. Yeah. It's so different. And everything's at your fingertips. You know, you're like, you hear about this artist or something and you can... Oh, you know, I'm going to look on Wikipedia right now and just see this guy's backstory. Or, I mean, it's just like a constant thing. And sometimes you forget what you were what you were originally looking for, you know, because you're just... But you do skip around like a playlist or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of younger kids, I've noticed, like, they don't know the whole album of certain things. They just know, I need that one song. And if that song's on it, they'll get it. But right. I feel like the record, because it is sort of a little bit more of a pain to pick it up and start it over and whatever it does sort of force you to listen a little bit more at least to a side you know at least play the whole side of an album sure well it's an art putting together that that album cohesively but also that sub album well and a lot of like you know records could be about 40 40 to 42 minutes long and so i think like it forced an artist to edit out you know what 
wasn't the best material on it. You know, there's a lot of times nowadays people might do a double record or whatever and they've included every single track and maybe a few of those would be better left off, you know, to get the best possible record they could make, you know. I hate to say this, but think of how much better All Things Must Pass would have been if it would have just been edited down. Oh, I like that. Oh, man, my soul just died a little bit listening to that. And conversation derailed there for a few minutes while they discussed my horrible taste in music and how I could say such a terrible thing. And I'm going to go sit in the corner and think about what I've done. Well, I mean, let's think about what makes records so great. And there's a tangibility there. There's Mm -hmm. the needle, it goes into the wax, and it spins. There's something about that you won't find a fraction as gratifying as anything else. It's like a physical thing. Like, it's really happening. Like, you're, you know, to me, it's sort of like the closest thing to being there, you know, when the artist Mm -hmm. was recording it. And I, I tell people it's sort of a joke, like, you know, you put on your smoking jacket and get a glass of wine and you're, you're really listening, you know, it's not just the quick pop it in your car, you know, tape or CD of the past, you know, it's kind of come full circle that people want to take that time to really experience it. Well, so let me ask you, when kids come in here and they said they're attracted to records, what's the rationale for going for it? What's the value to them? Well, I, I notice a lot of times they'll go, wow, look at, you know, look at the cover, how you know, they like the full size of it. Wow, I haven't seen it on vinyl. You know, this just looks mm-hmm. cool. You know, it's, it looks different when it's like on your iPod, you know, an inch big versus like the full size. You might miss, you might see details. Like, for example, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication, you know, I had looked, that was a CD era when that came out. And it wasn't until the vinyl got reissued that I saw there's like a frog there. You know, I never noticed that huh. on the on the smaller format. I just didn't catch it, you know. You're getting the biggest, most ornate version of that album when you get the vinyl. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we do have to show them how the record works because they'll say, you know, is, is this one song or can I flip it over? You know, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have thought people wouldn't know, but they just don't know, you know, especially I've noticed the 16 to 18 year old girls seem to be the biggest like new consumer of vinyl and like they'll come in a lot of times with their parent and um they'll pick up some records you know like 21 pilots or walk the moon or you know lana del rey and they you know they just might have to have a show them how it works you know so it's that's something new i wouldn't have thought you know that's interesting yeah i guess if you're 16 your parents might not have grown up with records that's so true. there's a full generation of disconnect there. Well, a lot of times a, a, a kid will say, you know, they'll, they're buying a record. I'm like, wow, that's this is really good. And I want to talk about it. And they're like, yeah, that's for my dad. You know, and it's <laughs> like, oh, okay. You know, so it's that, you know, there's that that gap, you know, there. But um, so I quickly usually shut up and just, you know, finish the sale. But I don't buy as much music as I used to. I think last year I maybe bought three or four pieces of music, but they were all on, on vinyl. I mean, I just feel like it feels like you've really got something that's going to, you know, stand the test of time. And I, mm. I always joked in the past that, you know, if you had that Sonic Youth record on vinyl, you know, you're, like your street cred went up, you know, because anybody <laughs> could have the CD or a digital format. But, man, he's got it, you know. And at that point, you had to sort of hunt for it. You know, it's still there's something about going into the record store where you never know what's going to be there. Or, you know, the guy tells you, oh, my God, you've got to buy this. You know, you like this. And. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that, that I've, I've sort of felt like that's sort of my job. I got to help people, you know, turn them on to new things that they might have missed. So, 
do you think the internet kind of killed that sense of community of actually going to a physical place, interacting with these sort of gatekeepers? There's something about going in and like I've heard people that they see somebody else in the stores got an album. And they're like, wow, you know, that's really good. And they, they end up wanting to talk about it. You know, maybe this is the only place they can come and, you know, maybe their girlfriend or wife or maybe their boyfriend or whatever is not into music as much. So they, they like having a place they can kind of chat about it. Mm-hmm. So it's that's their time sometimes. Brett Ruland from Spoonful Records. I mean, that was a really cool little place that had a good sense of community. You could just go, hang out, talk about music, and not feel like you were invasive while the customers were there. We were just sitting on a couch talking to Brett. Talking about music. And yeah, that kind of gets into why people like the record store experience, you know? It's cool. You have a good time. You feel good about yourself. You get some great music. You have a great time. But one of the things that sound purists say is that the records sound better. I mean, I've heard that my whole life. Records sound better than CDs. Sean, do you think you could tell the difference between a record and a CD if you had just the right listening scientific experiment going on? You know, my take on it is that midtones have always been much stronger on records than they have been on CDs. I feel like with CDs and even the MP3, it's all treble and bass. You just don't get that middle section as thick and warm and soothing as you would on a record. Well... I've taken the liberty of setting up a blind taste test here. One of these is from a CD, and the other is from a record. Let's see if you can hear the difference. And this one. All right. What I did to make this as fair as possible was I took a CD that I have. It's Uncle Tupelo's song, Left in the Dark. And then I also found the record, which was still brand new. The cellophane had never even been opened, so the record had never been played. And I put a new needle in the turntable even, so uh, it's as noise-free as a record can be. We ran each of those cuts through our board here at WOSU and into the headphones, and I had some of my coworkers who are musicians and audiophiles take a listen and see if they could figure out which was which. My official name and title? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us who we're talking to. My name is Meredith Hart, and I am the marketing communications director. My name is Michael DeBonis, and I am a producer. Sure. Uh, my name is Ryan McFadden, and I'm an intern. Voice Lancaster. I'm a broadcast producer. Uh, I've been punishing my ears in radio for about 35 years. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, I am Patrick Testa. I work here at WSU raising money. I'm Kylie Harwell Sturgill of Classical 101. Kylie is a millennial, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm 25. Let's put it in perspective here. <laughs> uh, my name is Jacqueline Wraith, and I'm an underwriting account executive here at WOSU Public Media. And do you consider yourself a vinyl record snob? Uh, yes, I definitely prefer vinyl. Okay. You just heard the two sections, and you didn't ask to hear them a second time, so I think you're pretty confident in your decision here. <laughs> I think so. We'll see how I do. <laughs> okay. Which one was the record? The first one. Okay. Wow. Okay. I want to say it was number one. My my guess is that the first one is the record. My inkling is to go with the first cut as the, that's the album. I felt that the first one I listened to was the vinyl record, and the second one was a CD. Why would you say that? I was listening for warmth. It was like a fuller sound. Like. Yeah, it's, it sounded fuller. It sounded sort of warmer. There was more with resonance of the instruments all right 
You think you're right? Oh, gosh, no. You're wrong. Ah! Go ahead. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Another wrong. I do, I do. I really want to know. You're wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a millennial chose a CD. I really picked the wrong one. picked the wrong one. No! Well, you guessed the same way I did. <laughs> Incorrectly. And, and we were both wrong. I also <laughs> took the test and got it wrong, too. And I was so, man, I was so sure that I had it, too. But a couple people did get it right. I've listened to a lot of vinyl and a lot of CDs, and I think number two is vinyl. You were right. Oh, look at that. I'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm playing Schenectady on Thursday. If I had to really say, I think that the cut number two was the record. Are you super confident on this? I mean, coming into it, I thought that I would be able to tell a lot better than I actually did. But honestly, I mean, we're like splitting hairs, man. It was, I mean, it was pretty close. All right. You're right. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, man. Cool. No, I wouldn't die of embarrassment because it's like pizza, man. It's just music, you know? <laughs> Pizza's pizza. It's always good. And I think any way that people enjoy music and listen to more of it is great. All right. So at this point, we've had two right answers. One millennial, but he wasn't super sure. That was Ryan and Boyce, who grew up with records, and he knew right away. But I wanted to find one more person who was uh, of the generation that grew up listening to records. And we have one late participant. I've waited all day for Ann Fisher, our talk show host here at WSU, to listen. Which one is which? The second one is the vinyl. Why do you say that? I could hear the movement of the needle over the vinyl. Uh, in that recording. The first one came out crystal clear to me, and the second one definitely to me had that feeling of needle on vinyl. You don't seem, uh, you seem pretty confident in yourself here. Well, yes, it was really obvious to me. I love records, so it was, it was nice to hear it. All right, at the end of the day, the only two people that could confidently tell which was which were the two that grew up listening to records. All the millennials and Gen Xers that tried here at WSU, they might have got it right, but they weren't sure. And if you want to try, we're going to go ahead and post both of those sound files. So give it a shot. See if you can tell which is the record and which is the CD. One of the things that we keep hearing over and over in this episode is that there's something cool about having records and going record shopping. So I drove out to RPM Records in Clintonville, and I talked to my buddy Patrick Buzzard, and he has a really interesting approach to his record collection. I'm just going to let him tell the story. Thanks, Eric, by the way. You know, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> you know, when you walk into a record store now, you know, everything's so exciting to buy things on vinyl, stuff that you loved as a kid, everything like that. So what I decided to do is rather than get caught up with the tidal wave of like buying 50 records every time I go in and building this giant collection, which I have a toddler at home, so I don't really even want to like tempt him with what the, the process of that could be. So I decided I would pick my favorite 50 records, 50 albums, and I also drew a line in the sand uh, from made about 2004 and back just from an engineering perspective and a mastering perspective. I'm sure there's people to argue that, but I think from about 2004 on, they didn't really care what vinyl sounded like. I think records coming out now are maybe having being mastered from a sense of vinyl. But So anyways, so I picked 50 albums that I'm going to buy, and that's going to be my collection. Didn't you have a collection from when you were younger? I certainly did, um, but 
my collection was always just the medium of the day. Like, I was never like a collector per se. So I had vinyl while vinyl was cool. And then when CDs came around, I just bought music on CDs. Like, I didn't, I didn't get caught up in the medium of it. Like, oh, it's gonna be sweet to have a record collection. So now that you can download anything immediately, why even buy something as curmudgeonly as an LP? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, the curmudgeonness of it. Um, music now is so accessible, you know, from, from the online, from the Spotify's, the streamings and things like that. Um, you, it's easy to get overwhelmed. So I decided I would focus on music that meant a lot to me and then spiral out from there, maybe to kind of redefine my taste again as opposed to having to like everything. How does the tangibility of owning an LP, how is that more satisfying for you than just downloading an album? There's two things that I found about it. One, the pick it up, the feel, the smell, the, like everything. You crack open, you know, when you open that sleeve and you open up, it smells a certain way. You know, an MP3s doesn't, doesn't smell. Uh, at least I don't think they do. <laughs> And secondly, I, I, I work from home. I have a home office, and uh, I have a turntable on my desk, and it's an automatic uh, work break for me. So, like, you know, I get about 30 minutes of work done, then flip the record. You know, so that's an, uh, it's an excellent time management tool for me. So it's two things. Today's Black Friday, big shopping day. What are you looking for today? Uh, I'm looking for, I, you know, I'm, I, my jazz uh, education is poor. So when I talk to my friends that know a little bit more about it, they're like, well, you got to go Coltrane, you know, Col you know, and so that's really what I'm looking if I was going to go Coltrane. Yeah, I love Supreme, which is regarded as if you're going to start somewhere, that's a place to start. Yeah. Right on. Well, Patrick Buzzard, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. All right, I want to give a big thanks to the staff of RPM Records for allowing us to go in there and tape on such a busy shopping day. A big thanks to my buddy Patrick Buzzard and also to the staff of WOSU. Most of us got it wrong, but we still had fun. I'd like to give a great big thanks to Brett Ruland at Spoonful Records. You've been great. Thank you very much. All right, that's another week for us. I'm Eric French. And I'm Sean Edgar. And if you're enjoying Pop Columbus, why not make a donation online at WOSU.org?